0: It's also, you never know what the next day is going to bring, you don't know what the next job's going to bring, and I really like that in life, that you, you're you always challenging yourself and that uh, you don't know who you're going to meet the following day.
1: Hello, I'm Poonam, and welcome to Crew Chats Podcast, where I speak to people that work behind the scenes in film, TV and theatre. For this episode, I spoke to Bridgerton Season 2 costume designer Sophie Canali. From studying costume design at the Arts Institute Bournemouth to working in Breakdown, being a costume standby, buying to an assistant designer, to now being a costume designer. We talk about designing the second season and about her journey to getting there, as well as which Bridgerton character she would be. Hello, Sophie. Hi, Poonam. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm going to just disclose from now we know each other. I'm just just letting everyone know that that's the case <laughs> before I go into detail about things. Okay, so you're a costume designer, and what does that involve for you?
0: So costume design is creating the characters, bringing them to life through the clothing that they're wearing. So it starts with the script and analysing them, talking with directors or showrunners, depending on what project you're working on. And it's bringing the characters to life. It's, It's a collaboration as well. So, you know, we're often the first kind of port of call for the actors as well. They come into the fitting room and it's it's that discussion with with actors about how they see their character how i perceive their character and it's a journey of fittings and working with the directors and showrunners to make sure that we're portraying how they want the character to to look on the screen or in theater so and also along with that it's working with the production designers the dop's and making sure that everything fits and kind of sits well as a look for the overall show. And also it's the details and how we can make those characters individual and also work as a group as well, you know, within a scene. Hmm.
1: Now, I'm gonna ask very early on, how did you get into what you do? How did I get (laughs) into
0: it? So um, I was brought up in a small town in Cornwall, Falmouth. It's a very artistic town. When I was growing up, it had a very small art college. And so I was surrounded by a lot of art students. I was always quite fascinated by them. Um, A lot of my friends' parents were lecturers. And, you know, I'm pretty dyslexic and I knew that I would never go down the academic route and I always wanted to go to art college. Kind of not really knowing what area I wanted to go in I did want to be a fine artist but my mother was convinced me not to do that because there were too many fine artists selling pasties in my hometown so Uh. that wasn't an opportunity. She was like no you should look at a different avenue. While I was at school you could study GCSE art and GCSE drama but you couldn't study both so uh, through a f- so through a friend and I was interested in both I'd always danced I'd always been in plays so I decided to stay at GCSE art through schooling like the traditional way and then my dad introduced me to a great man called Paul Hans who was a lecturer um, at the college that my dad worked at and Paul was a very interesting character and a uh, he lived in a house with like no electricity or, or gas or anything. Oh. And he um he would come to our house on Thursday evenings and teach me how to draw and paint and all different mediums. And then on Sundays we would go out onto the streets to the beach and he'd make me an observational drawer. He'd take me to various pubs and establishments and he would ask me to draw people as quickly as possible you know and I really kind of found a love for people and he kind of gave me this absolute love of observation of people really and that's kind of where I really found my love for clothing and fashion in a sense that we're all quite tribal in what we wear and what we choose to wear and I don't know, my brother is a huge football fan and I was fascinated by the casuals and my mum was a skinhead and she kind of introduced me to punk music and then I love the punk scene and that's always kind of been close to my heart and how, you know, different fashions kind of gives everyone this kind of identity, really.
1: Mm.
0: So, yeah, they were kind of like my formative kind of years. Um, Paul kind of gave me this love of... People, talking to people, understanding, you know, why we're all so individual. And then when looking at universities, I found a perspective that had costume design and I didn't know anything about it prior to that. And it was really kind of that's kind of put all my loves together, theatre, dance, fashion, and it all as one. So kind of costume design was where I kind of felt that that was the direction I'd want to go into So I studied at Bournemouth Arts Institute and it was an an amazing three years of my life and, you know, learned so much and then luckily had a break into the industry and started out on a very small production, uh, what I thought was a small production. And then I moved to London and I was working on a Sally Potter film, which, you know, my first day I was looking after Dame Judy Dench and I was wow. like, wow. Yeah. Uh, three days before that, I was working in a bar and it was just like, yeah, I think this is for me. So, um, and then I then went on to work with uh, Sammy Sheldon Differ on Green Zone. And, you know, I haven't really looked back from there. I've worked with some absolutely amazing people and feel very fortunate that, Sammy Sheldon Differ and Nicole Young were very generous to me and kind of gave me lots of opportunities and introduced me to some amazing people.
1: Wow Can I, I'm just going to go back to the person that you said that came and sort of gave you kind of private tutoring in a way in the arts yeah. world Paul that's amazing to have that opportunity yeah. and then to take it as well to take advantage of it as well is really cool. Yeah
0: Paul was just a really generous character and he um, he'd worked in various kind of industries in his life and he was a very skilled craftsman he his you know his drawing skills were unbelievable and you know for my GCSE art piece we created a mural on my parents kitchen wall so you know it was just it was great fun and he was a great character to know and he introduced me to some amazing people and to be able to you know sit I remember one Sunday we'd go to this bar it was called the Mozambique it's now a very fancy fish restaurant that looks over the beach in Falmouth and uh it had lots of hippies and like kind of beatniks and just really interesting characters and I would just sit there and draw while people were moving around and it kind of gave me this kind of really quick skill set to, to draw people and capture them.
1: Oh wow that is it sounds really epic to be fair I'm just very jealous um I was gonna ask you this question later actually but because of the way you kind of described how you got into it is what would you because you kind of it sounds like you kind of knew you wanted to do what you're doing now which is be a costume designer (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) so what would you (laughs) well you've worked towards it that's what it is Mm -hmm. it's hard work right um what would you have liked to have known when you started out that you know now
0: um I don't think I would like to have known anything I think my journey you know that's part and parcel of life that you don't know and that it's all part of the journey and especially with the industry it's It's a challenge. It really is. And it's also you never know what the next day is going to bring. You don't know what the next job's going to bring. And I really like that in life, that you you're always challenging yourself and that, you know, you don't know who you're going to meet the following day. You know, you don't know who's going to come into the fitting room. You don't know, you know, each job brings a different crew member that you're going to learn from or they'll learn from you. So, no, I wouldn't want to change anything or or know anything, because that's the beauty of our industry is that we're ever learning and we have this amazing opportunity just to be like, it's exciting all the time.
1: That's true. It, ch- it definitely is a change every day. I agree with you there. It's something new. It's a new, it's a surprise. Um, now, how did your past roles, so and you mentioned there that, so you started out um, dressing and then you've also, um, you also a buyer as well at some point in your career as well. Yeah. And an assistant designer before you became a designer in your own right. How have those roles sort of helped you do what you're doing now? So I've, yeah,
0: I've covered a lot of roles within the industry. I started out as a costume trainee. I have worked uh, in breakdown. I've worked as a costume standby, coordinator, supervisor in TV, and I was a buyer for a long time. Um, That was kind of my main bread and butter, shall we say, for, for a long time. And then, yeah, assistant designer. So I think the great thing about knowing all those different roles is that you can take, as from a a designer's point of view, you can understand what other people do within the, the job role. Also, you kind of understand everyone's job to a certain degree, you know, as a buyer, it's great because I've worked with so many different designers that I've had an insight into the design, various design teams. I've worked with different assistant designers. Everyone works in slightly different ways. So you can take all those different skill sets and kind of build on those and take elements from everyone. So yeah, it's been really fortunate. I've learned so much from different people. And throughout, you know, every role you step up from or across from like it's always helpful to kind of have an understanding of someone else's job and I think with designing I think that logical side of knowing that that costume is going to work on set having had the experiences working as a costume standby you know that costume has to work quite hard often so you need to make it practically work as well as Mm -hmm. visually work so I think having that experience as a standby and knowing what that costume is going to go through during the shoot you need to have those practicality elements sometimes when you know when you're designing Yeah. yeah it's been yeah it's been very fortunate to to kind of been on that journey
1: um this is an aside but I was actually just thinking so when you were a buyer and you said it was quite a a large chunk of your career and then you would have been given a very say an obscure request you may have been secretly cursing the person that gave it to you when you then were designing and you were sort of asking your buyers to buy certain things I can see nothing was it playing a part Uh, in your mind were you like am I being ridiculous with this
0: (laughs) So, no, like, I, I do think, like, I come into a design element. There is, there is slightly a log- logistical side to me when I design as well. I think probably because practical. I have, yeah. yeah, exactly, and I have done those roles. So there are elements, and you know, buyers do find it hard working for me at times because. I do know it so well. But I also understand that that the minute the shop's open, the, t- the clock is ticking. You know you've got, you know, you've only got a limited time in that day to kind of find that fabric or... But I do think realistically, if it's not out there to buy, then you can't buy it. But then I do have in my own sense that I will get online. And I think during Bridgerton... Because we had such Bridgeton season two, we had such difficulties with mm-hmm. Brexit and with a pandemic that I understood that we had limitations in what we could buy. So there were times where I designed in a way that we couldn't buy the meterage of fabric that we wanted for a whole dress, for instance. Mm-hmm. So the bodice of a regency dress was beaded, and then we used tulle as the under as the skirt. So there are elements that I did I did purposefully because I knew that we couldn't buy six meters of fabric for that one particular dress
1: um you mentioned that um, Bridgerton and that has that's the thing that we worked together on most recently which is I think but by, by now by the point this has come out is out so there's no spoilers assuming you've all watched it Now, on season one, you were an assistant designer and you played quite a big role in the design process, obviously, as an assistant designer. How was it going from being an assistant designer on that production then to going on to designing it yourself? What was it like?
0: Um, I think for the season one, I was working um, for Ellen Miroznik. And Ellen, we had, there was quite a few assistant designers and I mainly concentrated on the women's principles and then women's crowd makes. So, you know, I was involved in certain elements of on season one, where with season two, with designing the whole show, I then was looking at everything and I was involved with the men's principal uh, costumes and also the men's crowd as well so there was uh, you know an element of me changing my job role because I was looking at it as a whole piece rather than concentrating Mm. on individual characters so yeah
1: and just with that with an with a series generally there's an aesthetic established season one season two and then how did you kind of and that tends to be something that sort of underlies the design generally throughout a season uh however many seasons it goes on for how did you sort of respect that aesthetic that was established but then also put your own stamp on it and make it yours
0: well Ellen and, and John G created this uh, fantastic world of Bridgerton so you know I had this foundation that I could then build onto, which I was very fortunate to have that opportunity so there's being loyal to their designs of course and With Bridgerton, you have your different families, you have different colour palettes. So keeping those the same was really important. We weren't changing the wheel, it was building on it. And everyone was established in their, their looks, per se. And then we could then take and build on the characters. You know, we could then emphasize on on the brothers for instance there's a real distinction between the Bridgerton brothers you've got Anthony who's in darker colors in season two you know he's in a bit of turmoil and then you've got Benedict he's on his artistic journey so you know I really pushed that forward and you can see that in the fabric choices I made in the way he ties his stock and then also with Colin so I feel like there is a distinction between them you know Mm -hmm. than there was on season one yeah. So it was taking that foundation and just putting in little details to make them individual characters.
1: What's your favourite thing that you've worked on in the, in the show? Oh,
0: it's kind of like asking who's your favourite child. <laughs> it's a really, really difficult one. And also because Bridgerton is so big and there are so many costumes, there's elements of each character that I like. So I can't really answer that one I find it really hard because there's kind of too much to choose from I was so spoiled with so many amazing characters so yeah it's a difficult one
1: Uh, I'll I'll allow you that (laughs) um you mentioned obviously the vastness of it I think people um maybe watching it it's it's kind of hard to grasp how big the product on a costume level how big the production is um but it it is a huge amount of stuff that's made in house and also sent out, and there's loads of um, crew members. Logistically, obviously, again, you have sort of a te- you have a team of assistants, and there's other people sort of working at logistics and all the rest of it. But how do you keep a top of it? Um, you don't sleep much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You
0: just you absorb yourself into it, you know, it becomes your life. And I have quite a methodical kind of mindset as well as a creative. So I'm very logical and organized in the way I work. I was for, you know, I had the most amazing team. I've been so spoiled. I I can't explain. And, you know, there's four assistant designers, two working with principal women's, then principal men and crowd, and then a women's crowd assistant designer. And with that, then trainees, juniors within the design team, you know, very fortunate to have the amount of people to work on a project. So it's fast thinking. It's just quick decision making. I draw on an iPad. So I basically whenever I'm in the car, I was fortunate to have a driver. I, I that's how I design. I design on my way to set while I'm waiting to establish costumes. So so, yeah, so that was kind of my process into being able to move as quickly as possible. Yeah. And just having a really, really amazing team just, you know, makes your life so much easier. I think also I'd worked with a lot of people before. So there was this really nice connection um, communication is the key within a team and I think you know as long as you're always communicating with everyone everyone knows what page they're meant to be on and you know and and we all kind of come together so whatsapp because you live on whatsapp <laughs> yeah. every whatsapp group going but yeah it's just uh yeah you live and breathe it and
1: no I uh, do you know I was going to say actually it was really nice I mean for, for I was part of the jewellery team and there was two other people in our team so Lorenzo and Helen shout out um but anyway what, what we always sort of noted what was really nice was that actually we appreciated that you were quite busy but you actually took out the time in your whether it was like once or twice or however many times in the whatever it was you came and sort of spoke to us and checked in on us and I think that goes a long way I think you did that with it, everybody as well like yeah, you say, communication is yeah. really important it
0: um, is yeah and I think time is of the essence with the industry in general and i think at the end of the day we always want to kind of make sure we're produ- you know designing and everyone's making exactly what is my vision and i think having that communication is like we never we weren't backtracking as much as obviously things change but it was just
1: pushing forward all the time well, that lends nicely onto the other, one of my other questions, which was going to be, I mean, you were kind of designing this in the midst of COVID. Also Brexit stuff was kind of sort of kicking in at that point as well. Well, it had happened, but was kind of really sort of the effects of it were kicking in. And yeah. just obviously natural things that come with a production, whether it's like scheduling or issues on whatever it may be, production or whatever it is with scripts and stuff like that. How do you, again, you may have already answered this, but how do you sort of deal with that? Because it's quite an intense... I think specifically in that situation, especially with the COVID and the kind of distancing and not being able to go into shops to buy things and etc.
0: I think, you know, I think you've always got to be forward thinking. Like, I think that's a skill set in, in, you know, within a design team, supervisors, what you're always kind of trying to be ahead of the game, you know, having the scripts, having outlines, if scripts aren't available yet. Mm You're always kind of making as many costumes. I will always, you know, discuss with the buyers. We had it at three amazing buyers on, on Bridgeton season two. And I will constantly be by giving them briefs on fabric choices. So because a lot of my design comes from fabrics you can design and then have a vision in your head and then the fabric isn't available. So, and especially with Bridgerton, with the ball scenes, evening dresses, a lot of that comes from the fabric choices because that then lends to how the cutter can cut the, the, you know, the fabric. Mm. So it's just being ahead of the game and working with other costume designers in the past. I've, you know, I've learned those skills that you you know you buy fabrics you have them waiting so then you know that as soon as you've got that cast member then you can you can make the costumes
1: make the choices yeah now the the first season bridge was a massive hit like it I don't I mean we both again we both worked on the first season and we didn't quite realize I don't know if you had the same thing when you sort of mentioned to people um yeah initially everyone was like what are you talking about I've never heard of this show what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it came out and it was huge crazy huge when you got the gig the gig to design the second season were you like crap so when it came out yeah it was like wow
0: the world loves this and it was amazing and it was such a proud you know moment to be like wow we're involved in this so yeah but I think I personally don't take that on board in the sense of you're so focused on what you're doing then and there and the kind of that that bigger picture just doesn't really kind of take hold at the time because you're so involved in new scripts in new characters that that's my focus so yeah it's and also this is like my first design job so it is kind of you know pretty crazy
1: added level of intensity
0: (laughs) but I have you know I've had an amazing team surrounding me and and you know and an amazing cast and an amazing crew on every single level in every single department will a huge uh, production designer you know massive support great showrunner so no I kind I felt very secure in in the environment that I was in in Bridgerton season two so yeah I'm 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 confident you know it, it's been a lovely journey for all of us so so yeah,
1: yeah I agree it's been a really, it was really nice to work on and actually it gives you when you it sounds really odd to say but but usually when you're working on something, you don't have you don't know how well it's gonna do. Also, of and course often...
0: not. You can you know, no, no, you can read a great script and then be like, oh, and then you can have an amazing time on a job and yes. it'll be your best job ever, and yes. then it's so well received. You so you never know how the audience are gonna gauge it. So no yeah and I'm so pleased that you know the world has loved Bridgerton.
1: Yeah it's kind of crazy now if I've ever mentioned that I've worked on it people's reactions their faces like light up and they have a million and one questions but it's I agree with what you're saying actually it's often the times you have the most fun and then you think well I hope it does really well but this one actually had loads of fun and it did. I know
0: exactly (laughs) and I think that's kind of really fortunate and but then that shows on screen as well I think it's a really Bridgerton is this really lovely family unit and and that especially with costume and the the cast you know i've made really really dear friends through the cast me- you know with cast members and we have so many costume fittings it's it's pretty unreal like some people have more costume fittings than they they're on set filming so so yeah but um yeah there's this real lovely bond and yeah real joy
1: it's a nice like it is is i think we sound probably overly enthusiastic about it, but genuinely it is like a yeah. a family yeah. it was really nice vibes
0: yeah, the thing with Bridgerton season two is there were new crew members, mm. and there was season one crew members, and there was people, you know. But we all came together in such a a really nice way, and and it was it's strange, really, because there was distancing because of a pandemic you know, the mm. pandemic. But even in that sense, there was a real camaraderie.
1: Mm.
0: I think there needs to be a camaraderie, and especially with. Uh, a show like Bridgerton there's especially with your department for instance that you're making jewellery for every single set of women's dress and uh, costume like it's unreal how amazingly hard you all worked and so that Connection with the assistant designers to be able to, to create that amount of work, but also that connection with the cutters as well, because there's like, they're, they're one piece, you know, there no costume is complete without All millinery, it. Sophie Lamb, that connection between the two, jewellery and millinery, there was a collaboration there, we also had the embellishment team. I know Lorenzo and Hattie and Beth worked together because and then they were going on you know these decorations were then going on to costumes, so it wasn't simply jewelry, it was a collaboration between mm. different departments, which I think is really nice and brings everyone together
1: yeah i agree it was a really nice atmosphere and it was easy also i think we were lucky in the sense that if we had a question we could go and ask quite easily go and ask they so like you mentioned millinery sophie lamb or hattie and one of the cutters or it was one of the assistant designers or you it was just yeah it was nice
0: we'll do it again hopefully
1: one day fingers crossed um um, so in this second season there's an indian family in the season and um I don't think I'll be giving any spoilers, but they're, they've they come from India and then they're introduced as a new family into this season. So there's the Featherington, Bridgertons and then now the Sharmas. Um, how did you approach incorporating like the historical and traditional um, costumes of India and then that specific uh, family, the region, say for example, um, into the design and sort of still keeping it as a part of the kind of Bridgerton look, as it were?
0: Yeah, so Bridgerton is... it's not period correct with the silhouette it is to a certain degree with majority of characters but then I wanted to bring these these characters in and still fit into the the Regency Bridgerton world per se and so we kept the Regency uh, Empire line dresses and we then used fabric choices embroidery to then enhance the um Indian aesthetics of the of the costumes and always their jewelry was always of Indian inspiration yeah. which you were very helpful
1: with. And- <laughs> no, I mean, you, you definitely did your own research as well I was just had the odd bit of commentary <laughs> um but just generally on that actually point though because it isn't like you mentioned it's not a period correct show I mean it's it's sort of linked to that period, but it's not period. How how much more creative? How how much more outside of that Regency box are you able to kind of get and push it? Yeah.
0: So I take inspiration from paintings, from period reference, but also from fashion, from catwalks. So I think I've been able to take. You will see like different sleeve shapes that are not period correct. There's lots of embellishment, that floral beadwork that, you know, have taken inspiration from Dolce & Gabbana, from Coco Chanel. So there is, you know, you can push the boundaries. We had floral and pastel ball and Prudence's dress has butterflies. And flowers which Lorenzo made, and so no, you can push the boundaries where and when you want, really. And it's you know, that's the exciting thing about it not being period correct and having that kind of fantasy element to it.
1: Now, now you've like you mentioned, Bridgeton's second season was your first costume job, and then starting off in that kind of uh, more design world moving forward, I imagine you'll be doing more in your own right. and um, what would you like to see change about industry?
0: Yeah, I was thinking hard about this question because. Um, I think the industry is changing I think the industry's changed in the time that I've been in it um, certainly Um, I think diversity is definitely happening I think not only on screen but definitely behind the scenes with crew members I think that's something Netflix and Shondaland have really pushed for on Bridgerton and I think that's great it's giving people great opportunities I think there's a lot more working class um people working in the industry and a lot less nepotism um i think that's great that we're moving forward and breaking down those boundaries Also, a lot of parents are now working in the industry. Uh, Myself and my supervisor, Sanaz, were really, you know, pushed that within our team for Bridgerton season two. We wanted, you know, people to be able to do job shares if, you know, if they were a parent, working mother or father. And we had a lot of um, being able to bring people in for dailies who are parents and things like that because, I think there is a great opportunity and the industry is really extremely busy, but we shouldn't, just because someone's had a child doesn't mean they they can't still work. So mm. I think there are lots of elements that are changing in the industry and I do think it is moving forward.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. That's, um, yeah, it's quite a positive note, that is. Um, what's been your proudest moment so far? I think Bridgerton
0: season two is my proudest moment. Yeah, I feel very fortunate to... Um, To have been given the opportunity to design um, such a big show, to manage such a big team and to to have such creativity on such a large scale. I am very grateful for that opportunity and uh, it's been an absolute joy. So um, yeah, I'm proud to have done everything though. I've met some amazing people throughout my career and every job has been, it's been fantastic in some way or another and I just feel really fortunate to have being able to find a career that I love
1: oh that's lovely actually before I end this though what would be your ideal thing that you'd like to design
0: oh um what would be my ideal um I'd love to do a western oh yeah that would be really nice it'd be really nice yeah it'd be really good uh yeah a bit of grittiness as well yeah so
1: and if you were going to be any of the Bridgerton characters which one would you want to be
0: oh
1: I'd be Eloise I think I'd agree with you that Eloise is pretty cool. She's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. Me and Eloise, yeah, we'd fit fine together, I think. <laughs> we'd get into trouble together, Eloise and I. <laughs> yeah, rule breaking, I don't know. Yeah, I just like, and, and Claudia plays her so well.
1: Oh, she's really nice as well. Yeah. yeah. She's lovely. Um, that brings me on to my final question, which is what are your 3 torch recommendations?
0: So my... It's very hard to choose three. It's ridiculous. You can have a
1: few more if you need to add a few. No,
0: well, we would be here forever. Okay. So um, I really enjoyed the film Jojo Rabbit. Oh.
1: Uh, have you seen yeah. it? Yeah, I love that film. It's,
0: really it's so great. good. I, I, In fact, I love all his work as a director. Uh, Tika Watiti, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he is amazing and a genius in my eyes. And to take his subject matter of a 10-year-old... Uh, Hitler Youth fanatic is and make it comedy I think is absolute genius and it's got an incredible cast I've been very fortunate to work with the costume designer uh Myers and I just think she's she did it so well and the cast are mainly in Nazi uniform but how she styles them so differently to make each character just look so different and really like emphasize all their characters is really clever and there's a playfulness to it that is just fun and colorful and Scarlett Johansson's knitwear is just to die for. So good. So good, and just like the elements in shoe detail is just beautiful. Yeah, it's really, really nice. So then, two is a film which is more of a nostalgic film for me because it's mine and my brother's uh, favourite film from our childhood mm-hmm. or youth is a uh, Stand by Me, which is a cult classic. It's a it's a coming of age film.
1: I'm, Do you know, okay. no, but i feel like I've heard of it.
0: Yeah, it's like a timeless film that um it's about four young boys who uh hear that there's a a dead body that's that of a 10 year old that's on a train track and they basically go on this this hike to go and go and see it and it's about them their conversations and how they're growing up and it's kind of their last kind of journey together before they all separate and go their separate ways. and it's just really lovely and the song stand by me is mine and my brother's song between us because of that film and it's just a really you know heartfelt story that i really oh, love.
1: That sounds really interesting to that. Out. Yeah,
0: you should watch it. Yeah, it's amazing cast as well. You know, it's a, a River Phoenix um so yeah. Ah,
1: yeah. uh, okay. Oh, that sounds like a good one.
0: And then i've gone with a tv series because i feel that's really poignant and It's Handmaid's Tale.
1: See, I've resisted watching this, but go on, sorry, (laughs) I should take over. I
0: came to it late. I only came to it in lockdown and I am a fan of really dark and gritty and not so cheery uh, films and television series. So it fits me perfectly. <laughs> um, and it's unbelievable in every single way, in my opinion. The costume designs are unbelievable. It's so sharp and slick. Each group of people have their own color palette. It's really interesting. So you have, it's set in um, in Gilead, which is this controlled um, world. And then you have the hands ma- maids who are in peasant style clothing with bonnets and they wear red and the red symbolises their fertility because that's, you know, their job role. They've been taken from the world and taken to Gilead for that reason. And then you have the wives that are in teal and they're really sharp, kind of really beautiful cut uh, costumes that are slightly futuristic, you know, in their, in their way. And then you have the Marthas, which are the households kind of staff, really. And they're in very faded colors. So they just sit back in the background and then the aunts are in brown and they're like the, the authority of Gilead. So and then all the men are in dark colors and sharp suits and because they're the rulers of, of Gilead. It's just really cleverly done. The shots are beautiful. The symmetry in the shots is just unbelievable the direction is mind-blowing and the same with the the lighting the DOPs are just like just get the atmosphere every single time the collaboration between HODs to me is just on point
1: I've oh, sold it to me though so everyone's been talking about the show and actually like you say it's just it sounds like a really on point like meta thing to watch so actually it really is. And it's just,
0: it isn't feel good. But I not, but I, I quite like that. In, I in a, yeah, I like a bit. Of, I don't mind that as
1: well, to be fair.
0: Yeah, it's clever. And that's why I love it. And yeah, and I just think it's on every element. It's just they've thought about everything.
1: Ah, um, thank you, Sophie, for your recommendations. And uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've really enjoyed talking to you. And Thank you very much. Generally, it's been an absolute pleasure. Ah, thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sophie. And if you get a moment, could you please like, follow or subscribe on your podcast platform and follow the Crew Chats podcast on Instagram. Thank you.